Business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. Welcome to 101.9 High FM. It's 8 minutes past 12. Thank you so much for joining us. And this week we're going to be discussing a topic that is close to everybody's hearts. Everybody wishes they had a magic wand that can make things disappear, things like debt, things that you have to pay every month. And on the other hand, you also wish you had a magic wand, a magic wand, sorry, that you could wave and one would be able to save and put away for a rainy day and everything would just be great. But the reality is that most South Africans do not earn enough to get by on the month, let alone retire, plan, plan for retirement and even more so not being able to plan to save even in the short term. But there are many, many ways that one can save with what you're doing already. It's just a matter of tweaking it, being aware of it, making a conscious effort. And uh, on the line with me is Davin Coco, who's an advisory partner at Citadel. Daryl, welcome to Chai FM. Thanks, Avi. Good to chat to you. Great. We're going to just talk very brief thing. We're going to quickly run to the shops. But the bottom line is there are no magic ways to save, are there? Well, not really, Avi. It's, um, saving takes really hard work and uh, it takes some time and it takes good habits to, to make sure that um, you can save those pennies, especially in the kind of economy we're sitting in at the moment. Yeah, and that's really what it's all about. It's about using that which we've got and tweaking it to suit us best. So we're going to quickly run and take some ads. When we come back, Daryl, let's get into the, 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 the things that you've set out that someone can already use that exist in order to maximize the savings. We'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It's nearly 13 minutes past 12 and on the line with me is Daryl Coker who's an advisory partner at Citadel and we're talking about this top seven saving tips for financial success for savings month. Daryl, let's get straight into it. As we said in the intro before, there's no magic way. So the first thing that you're advising people is to reassess their budgets. You know, I think you say the word budget to people and their eyes glaze over, but there are, you know, the bottom line is that as things get tighter, the budget becomes more important. Yeah, you're exactly right, Tavi. I mean, um, uh, the, the, when you do mention budget, I had a bit of a chuckle there because mentioning budget does send some people um, uh, into oblivion and they actually, <laughs> they actually shy away from it, to be honest, rather than uh, going towards it because of the scary nature of what it's telling us. Um, but we can actually do a budget relatively easily. Um, one can download um, statements from the Internet, uh, bank statements. Um, you know, there are also quite a lot of apps out there that um, are very useful uh, for for um, doing a budget. But it is a very, very important um, uh, tool to use uh, as a point uh, when, when looking at saving, mainly because it crystallizes a lot of the stuff that um, – uh, that's out there. So we tend to go to the shop, we tend to spend, and then very seldom do we come back and actually try and budget and see where that fits in. Where, if you are doing a budget, it does it does just give you peace of mind um, that you are staying within the realms of of what you can afford. Uh, it doesn't mean you have to spend exactly what you've budgeted, but it just does give you a feel for uh, kind of where you're overspending and where you you could potentially spend a bit more or where you're underspending uh, in the month. You know, Daryl, you, you're so true there. Um, I, I remember sitting with clients many, many years ago, and they they were very humble people, and they had a shoebox with envelopes in it, and every every envelope had a different item on it. And um, I called in sort of to mediate a disagreement because the wife wanted X and the husband wanted Y, 
And it wasn't in the budget. And eventually the, the wife turned around to her husband and said, darling, you can go and buy what you want to buy, but which envelope are you going to take the funds from? Yeah. And he looked at her and the penny dropped. In other words, we don't have spare cash and we're not getting an overdraft or a credit card. This is the budget. It's already allocated. So that's it. And on the other hand, really what it did is it, it just really kept the reins in with them. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it, it's a form of crystallization where it actually forces you to look at the numbers. Um, and yes, sometimes they can be scary. There's, there's unavoidable expenses that sometimes come about. You know, a geezer bursts or you need a plumber because of pipe bursts and, um, you know, you've got that unavoidable expense. But uh, in the main, it does just give you a feel for, you know, how you can sort of live month to month. And um, you know, an important an important role uh, it plays in, in, one's, uh, in one's life uh, in their financial uh, planning because uh, really it's the actual fundamental start to actually saving in the long run for retirement and i suppose it's it's the tangible tool that you've got so then let's go to your other point is set your financial goals once you know what your budget is now you can look at your financial goals you know someone's asking on the sms line is the reduction of debt a financial goal well i think that's a quite a straightforward answer yeah, sure. I mean, that's, uh, that should be, I mean, it touches on one of the other points, uh, which I'll make, uh, which I'll make further on in the, in the conversation, Avi. Um, yes, interest and debt, um, is a significant, uh, uh, detraction from your actual savings because remember the interest that the bank is charging you is costing you money and so um, yeah it should definitely be uh, one of the financial goals is to is to try and eliminate some of the debt but you know setting setting the financial goals uh, again along with the budget just allows you to distribute money into the right areas um, uh, that you that you see imp- as, as important so it might not very well be what I see is important uh, or yourself Avi, but you know as a as a person sitting on the other side with their own money they can then um, be in a position where they can uh, Sort of allocate uh, to the things that they find important, um, the, the the amounts of monies that they they want to want to allocate to those things. So, as a simple example, um, you know, some people see uh, well uh, worth in in driving fancy cars, um, and therefore a big part of that um, uh, financial goal will be allocating more money towards towards a, a vehicle of sorts. And some people don't see value in that in, uh, at all, you know, and uh, therefore would allocate far less. So it does become quite personalized. But it very, is very, very important to be able to set your goals. Like anything in life, if you don't have any goals, um, you, you'll just muddle along um, and, and not be able to sort of have any direction in respect of um, of actually saving uh, some sort of money. You know, as the, uh, it's light-hearted, but the, uh, the adage goes that hope isn't a plan. You actually have to <laughs> sit down and write one out so that you know what to do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and one of the financial goals, bar the, the paying off of debt, that is very, very important. And I mean, people say it all the time, but but just let's give that a little bit more airtime. Let's just think about that. Save money before you spend. In other words, when your salary comes in at 100 rand, call it, you need to put, you know, sort of you know, 10 rand away before you actually allocate to all the other budgeting expenses as a savings uh, vehicle. Um, if you plan to do that at the end of the month, in other words, you decide, okay, well, I'm going to put that 10 rand away at the end. Uh, the chances are you won't have 10. You'll only have three or four. If you're lucky. And so it becomes, yeah, if you're lucky, you're right. So it becomes a good habit um, to actually uh, use a savings mentality as part of your budgeting exercise and as part of your financial goals. Yeah, that's just so true. You've really got to sit down and get it done. And then, Daryl, you've, you, you've said something over here that I suppose only a South African would understand, and that's pay back the money. 
I accepted to see a little bit of Zuma politics, or um, <laughs> but I wasn't quite sure what was going on. The bottom line is that you're talking about the milieu in which we live in South Africa, the interest rates, you're already paying, but how to tweak it to your advantage? No, exactly right, uh, Abi. I mean, em- emerging market interest rates are relatively high compared to developed market interest rates. I mean, we are paying a, f- a fair amount for our debt. Look, it's certainly not at the levels of sort of 95, 96, where we were ending up paying 24% uh, on, on some sort of debt. But um, really, it is important to understand how much you're paying for your debt um, and to make sure that you try to pay that debt off as, as quickly as possible. I'll give you an example on that. Uh, people are, are generally unaware that, that your uh, flexible debt or um, sort of liquid debt, things like credit cards and, and those sort of things, the debt, the, 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 the interest that you pay on that debt is actually significantly higher than what you would pay on, on your car debt or your house debt. Um, and uh, and so what people tend to do is, you know, we've got this massive bond generally, and people say, look, I've got a bit of extra this month. I'm rather, rather going to throw it into the bond uh, where I'm, I've got an interest rate of, call it, 8 or 9%. But what they don't realize is that uh, on their 30,000 rand um, credit card or 50,000 rand credit card, they're paying in the region of sort of 18 to 20%. On that, so you know, we you know, paying back the money just implies that, guys, we need to realise that that the debt debt is costing us money, and and once we're out that debt spiral, um, we'll have a little bit more money that we could potentially save each month, and starting with the most the most expensive debt, is a good way to do it. Once that debt is paid, we can take that contribution we were making to that debt plus the contributions we're making to the slightly lower debt and put those two together towards the, the, the less debt. So start off with the credit cards uh, in that sort of space. Head down towards the, the vehicle um, type of debt that you have, which is generally higher than your home loan debt if you haven't got those two as a consolidated unit. And then finally, your um, your home loan debt is is generally, uh, and I am gen- speaking generally here, that, that that is the cheapest type of debt that you have. So pay off the old ones um, uh, or the high ones and then get down to, to pay off the low ones. The trick there, Abby, is so, what sorry, most people sorry, do. Sorry to interject there. I've just got uh, Craig telling me a little bit out of time for the ads. Give me a one moment. Let's go quickly to the shops. We'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It's 23 minutes past 12. And on the line with me is Daryl Koch, who's an advisory partner at Citadel. And we're talking about what one can do to save the top seven money-saving tips for financial t- um, success in plan- savings month. Um, Daryl, if you don't mind, I just want to go back a little bit to what you were saying before. Um, because I think it's really, really important. The average South African, when they look at their smorgasbord, unfortunately, of debt. There's bonds, there's cars, there's credit cards, there's revolving credit, there's school fees that are outstanding, there's, I don't know, maybe private loans, and sometimes they just feel absolutely overwhelmed. And what they do is they just use a shotgun approach. They they pay the minimums where they need to pay them. They pay those who squeal the loudest first, and the rest sort of got, got in, you know, get taken care of. But let's say there was affordability to service everything. Let's go, go again through the process of which debt gets priority in order to maximize the reduction of it. Yeah, thanks, Avi. I mean, in fact, there's, there's a double-edged approach there. Um, and I'll touch on the second approach uh, after I've answered your question. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I mean, generally those, those short-term debts, 
um, the you know the, the things like personal loans, um, short-term loans, those sort of things come with quite and credit card, of course, come with quite a high interest rate uh, component, um, which means that it's costing you a lot of money to have that debt. So, inevitably, uh, it is vitally important that that if you do have spare cash or you manage to create yourself some spare cash by doing your budget by setting your goals, you have then some extra cash um, to actually pay off that debt. Um, and paying the higher debt first makes makes logical sense. And then, of course, um, you can uh, and then move towards the, the slightly lower debts, the, the cars and, and the mortgages and things like that. Now, um, that, that, works, that works quite nicely, but it does take a very disciplined approach uh, uh, to actually do that. Um, I, I'll challenge your listeners out there to say I can almost guarantee that uh, generally on their home loan, the people know what their debt is, and generally on cars, the people know what their debt is. But often with the short-term loans and, and the personal loans and those sort of things um, and the credit cards, they're actually unsure uh, what the debt is because when they've signed those contracts, um, that fine print is quite fine, and, and very few people actually take the time to understand, uh, keeping in mind that those are taken out in times of uh, you know almost desperation. So you'd almost do Anything in respect of doesn't matter how much it's going to cost, you just need the money at that time. But when it comes back to paying it back, um, it does become very, very difficult to do. Um, the, the second component of that is, um, and I'll touch on school fees after this, this comment. The second component of that is, is what many people have advocated uh, to do is to consolidate all their debt into their mortgage, for example, at a lower interest rate. Now that uh, upfront and at first glance actually makes a lot of sense. So you can take debt where you're paying 20 percent, 18 percent, 25 percent, some the short-term loans, even the car loans um, at 12 or 13%. And you can actually put that back into your bond uh, or re- remortgage, use some of the equity in your house, um, and actually can get get that uh, debt paid off at um, around 8 or 9%. The trick around that, however, is that if you're paying that debt over 20 years, inevitably you're going to end up paying more in rand, to be honest, because the debt's going to be spread out over a much longer period of time. And secondly, what people often do there is they think, great, I've now got my credit card at naught, the short-term loan's gone, and what they inevitably do is they literally just start those again. And so that becomes a very, very uh, big debt spiral, whereby they consolidate debt and then start the debt again uh, on the credit cards. And that takes a very disciplined approach that once you have consolidated your debt, uh, you then need to make sure that you don't get into debt again, short-term loan debt again, and those sort of things. So it does become a very, very concentrated approach, uh, but it's marketed really well by a lot of companies to say, wow, consolidate your debt, it makes lots of sense. Uh, and it, just that comment, it does make sense, but you need to dig a bit deeper than that. Now, Daryl, if someone says to you, right, number one, I've built up this debt by being reckless. I, I bought things I didn't need, but in a, it, it, it was impulsive nonsense, which I'm going to stop. But I can afford all the repayments, but if I consolidate my debt into my mortgage loan, but continue to pay what I was paying across the board on all my other debt and pay that into the mortgage, would that make sense? Yeah, that's a, that's first prize uh, of the absolute um, world-class uh, type of thinking. Uh, that is definitely the way one should do it. Um, you know, if you think about a car mortgaged over uh, uh, um, sorry, um, financed over five years. If you are able to pay pay less for it and still pay it over five years, it makes logical sense. Uh, so that is very very important. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people that are in that situation that are looking to consolidate, they're looking to consolidate because they don't have the cash flow. Correct. And therefore, they're looking to to free up cash flow by consolidating. And therefore, they they might make the the, the right payment in inverted commas for two three four months, but unfortunately, um, their lifestyle then gets away from them again, and they end up in a very similar position in two three years time. And that's the real um, crisis that people will find themselves in. 
Right, you mentioned school fees. That's a few things down the list, but that's quite exciting to discuss because the average person listening to the show is it's one of their single biggest expenses. You know, Avi, when when I was at school, uh, school fees were almost an, an, a non a non entity uh, from a from a monthly cost perspective. Um, uh, education inflation has escalated so much so, and the way our education system works is that school fees has now become after almost after your mortgage and potentially your medical aid, depending on how many kids you have, your third biggest spend every month uh, uh, in your household. And that be private or government schooling has become quite expensive uh, if you're looking to try and get a relatively good um, education out of the system. Now, school fees is quite interesting because um, – and I said I was a treasurer on my, my, my child's school for around 10 years. And it was quite interesting watching people because – the nice part about school fees is, is the school will offer you an upfront discount if you pay uh, upfront, and that's around four or five odd percent. What they generally try and do there is they try and match close to inflation or close to the interest that they could earn because schools like the cash flow. But ironically, it's actually better to pay your school fees uh, over the um, uh, over uh, pay monthly over the year. So, if, for example, son's school fees 150,000 rand a year, and over 10 months it's 15,000 rand a month. Now, the reason I say that they should probably pay it monthly rather than a lump sum is because when the school set the fees at 150,000 rand for a year, they're not saying to you in one month, you must, one month, or the, sorry, the first month you must pay 10,000. The second month you must pay 10,000 plus interest. The third month you must pay 10,000 plus interest. They're actually saying it's 150 for the year. Correct. So you're actually not paying an annualized interest on that money. So they've actually set it at 0% interest on their side. Um, so if I had 150,000 rand capital and I had a short-term loan or a credit card of 30,000 rand or 50,000 rand, call it, at a 24% interest rate, and I had to make a decision as I sat with the cash in my hand, do I pay my credit card back or do I pay my kids' school fees, I would much rather pay the credit card because I'm actually paying interest on that money monthly. Um, whereas at the school fees, um, it actually works uh, to your advantage by – uh, keeping, uh, you know, keeping the, the monthly amount constant and uh, you're not paying any interest over that year. Certainly at the end of the year when they reset school fees, that goes up with an education inflation plus maybe one or two percent increase on top of it. But then again, it gets set for the year. So you're not actually paying a monthly interest amount on those school fees. So it's quite ironic because a lot of people, because it's quite a big spend number, a lot of people actually like to pay their school fees up front. I would suggest that you should rather take that lump sum and pay off some of the higher interest debt um, rather than paying the school fees and then pay the school fees monthly. It's a bit of swings and roundabouts, but I think you'd be saving a fair amount on the interest, especially in the situation where kids are at private schools. And as we know, Avi, private school fees, you're very, very expensive these days. Um, so you could actually save a fair amount in that regard. It's such an important discussion that we just had. I'm sure there's a lot of people sitting in the cars, a lot of you know, spouses calls, calling each other just after this conversation to say, you know, we always thought that there was something like that and we didn't think how to do it correctly. But yes, it's a really a matter of sitting down and prioritizing where, where's the cheapest money, where's the most expensive money and getting rid of the most expensive first. And school fees, you're right. It is a zero. It, the, the fee is set. There are some schools. Um, I think one school I, I knew very well has stopped that where you got a massive discount up front for paying your school fees. Um, and it was given really just to try to get cash flow in. Yep. But long term, the school actually suffered from it because they were getting a lot less fees in than they should have. Right, we, we're really up against time. So let's just run to the last topic, and that's optimizing your tax affairs. I was hoping you'd say how to get rid of your tax affairs, but you, <laughs> you didn't say that. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, certainly in our environment, uh, we need to keep it legal. So <laughs> you must pay your tax and move on. <laughs> Correct. But paying too much tax is about, I suppose, as, as incorrect as not paying your tax at all. No, absolutely. I mean, I think you can get quite smart on on uh, on how you optimize your tax. I mean, uh, if you are ending up having to pay tax, it's a good thing because you've got a job and you're actually making some money. So it is important to understand that there are a lot of people in our country that uh, are in situations, especially in a savings month type of environment, that potentially won't need to pay tax because they're not actually saving enough to to actually afford that. But we've got we've got the logical kind of thinking around you know contribute to a retirement annuity with which gives you some tax deduction if you're working. Um, you can con- you can do that, and it, it does give you some some tax deduction up front, um, which which obviously helps. But the trick there, Avi, which most people don't do, is they take the the tax deduction and they spend it. Theoretically, what you should do is you should be reinvesting that money uh, because it's actually in inverted commas tax free. Correct. Uh, and then you're tucking it into into some sort of a investment vehicle, and and therefore that's the real tax saving from an, a retirement annuity. Um, I can almost guarantee your listeners, when they get the t- tax refund, they use it for uh, potentially the, the week in Amschlange, almost. You know what I'm saying? Well, we, so we, hope it's that, we hope it's that big. Yeah, exactly right. But they should theoretically be pumping that back into, into some sort of investment. Other ways of optimizing tax is to try and save in, in some form of you know, tax-free investment plans. Those are, are good. You can put um, money in those, and obviously the growth involved in those um, is tax-free in, at, at, you know, what, what, in redemption. So not really a tax-saving up front, but it is certainly a tax-saving along the line, uh, which, which is important. Um, and then, of course, you know, you can, you know, if, if you are in a position where, where you, you know, do have spare cash, um, and you are looking to make some sort of donations, um, it would make logical sense to make donations to organizations that are able to give you an 18A certificate, whereby you are able to claim those tax deductions, uh, you know, uh, from the donation that you're making. So, you know, just keep that in mind. People do make donations along the way. They never really, or many of them don't actually, uh, you know, focus on the fact that they can actually get a tax deduction there. But, you know, every little bit helps. And certainly if you are, uh, you know, a philanthropist at heart and you are giving that sort of money away, uh, make sure that you are at least getting the, the tax deduction. And then again, taking that tax deduction and not spending it, but rather investing it uh, or saving it uh, in a vehicle that's going to help you. Which I suppose is a bit theoretical because you don't really know what the deduction is um, you know, until the end of the year unless you're really on top of its sort of character and working it out. But ultimately, if we have all these things in place, the net result is that it should be a lower tax payment, which would mean, which would mean more tax in your pocket. And the secret that you're advising there is not to blow it, but rather to reinvest. No, absolutely. That's um, in that logical sense, yeah. Okay. Now, unfortunately, we're out of time. How do people get hold of you if they want to discuss things with you a little bit more? So, Avi, I mean, I'm, I'm on email. I'm on our Citadel website. So, if they go, if they go to the Citadel website, citadel.co.za, um, you know, under, we've got a portal there for advisors. They're welcome to, my details are all there, my email address, my phone numbers. They're welcome to get hold of me. Um, I'm happy to give my email out on air if you Please want to. Please do, yes. Okay, it's, uh, the email is Daryl C, D-A-R-Y-L, C for cat, at citadel.co.za. So people are welcome to, to pop me a mail. I'll happily have a chat to them and uh, let's see where we can help. Fantastic, Daryl. It's been a great conversation. We've got to get you in studio in the future. I know every time I speak to uh, someone from Citadel on a weekly basis, I'll say the same thing, but it was a <laughs> great interview and we really touched on points that are practical and poignant. So thank you for putting it together and uh, everything of the best. 
No, thanks, Abby. I really appreciate the time in the air, and uh, yeah, have a wonderful day. Fantastic. Great. That was Daryl Coco's advisory partner at Citadel. Please go along, um, have a look at the website, go and look at, um, uh, you know, under its advisors, and look him up. I thought it was a wonderfully prepared um, press release. Really went through it. It's something that he obviously deals with on an ongoing basis and really on top of his game. So uh, please give him a call. And just to let you know that the Jewish Community Survey of South Africa will be closing next week. That's Thursday, the 25th of July. This is your last chance to participate and have your say. Go to www.jcssa2019.co.za to sign up. So that's Jew- Jewish Community um, Survey, South Africa, jcssa2019.co.za to sign up. For more information, please go visit the website that we just said or check the Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash jcssa2019 and as i said last week on the on the on the news on the, on the news so on my show is this, this is an opportunity for you to almost immortalize your opinion put it in this time capsule 20 years 30 years 100 years time they're going to look back at the 2019 survey and they're going to see what people said and your name, your name might be there. Your contribution might be absolutely important to them at the time. We often look back and a throwaway comment or a quip that was said about some traveling Jewish smos in Otsuan, you know, uh, in 1900 really gave relevance to us to now as to where our community was at that time. So go along. I'm sure it'll take a few minutes and just have your say. Craig, thanks for pushing the button. Citadel, thanks for the sponsorship of the show. Thank you for listening. We'll speak to you next week.